0: Welcome to the Wrestling Delorean Podcast. I'm Mike DeNiro. Thank you so much for all our supporters who made this the most successful month for the Wrestling Delorean Podcast. Over two hundred thousand downloads, all thanks to you guys. So thank you so much. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. Make sure to hit that like and comment below because it is going to be a great episode here today. We have a very special interview with Vince Russo. And if you want to hear the full show of the Wrestling Delorean Podcast, make sure you download the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. So without further ado. Let's get into this episode right now. Let's talk to Vince Russo. Welcome, everybody, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm Mike De Niro. I'm joined here by a very special guest today. We got the former head writer of Monday Night Raw at its most successful time period here today. We have the most polarizing man in professional wrestling, former WCW champion, Vince Russo. Welcome to the show, man. What is going on, Mike? I am. Uh, I am happy to be here with you, bro. Thank you very much for joining us. So before we get into like everything, what are some like projects you have going on? What have you been up to?
1: Oh, my God, bro. I just purchased my own uh, podcasting network and I'm about mm-hmm. to launch it on August 1st. Uh, it's uh, it's the Realm Network. I've been on the Realm Network with Russo's dot com for seven years. Wow. But I literally just bought the network. So we are developing um about 30 non-wrestling shows that are going to be on there if anybody wants to check that out just go to twitter at realm r-e-l-m
0: network dope sounds good man so right off the bat you know you are the most polarizing man in wrestling a lot of people have opinions about you but nobody really worked with you on a one-on-one you know no one was backstage with you when you were Writing for Raw, writing for WCW TNA. So what are some misconceptions that people have about you by the character that they've seen from I don't, you?
1: I, I don't really think it's misconceptions, bro, because um 90 95% of the people I worked with, um, we got along very well. There was never an issue um but the, i think the problem has been over the years is that the smallest majority has the loudest voice like casual wrestling fans bro people that were watching the attitude era these aren't social media people these are regular normal people um the uh, the 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 wrestling marks uh who have the loudest voice they just always had issues because i did not write the type of television that they liked. Um, I knew in order to get millions and millions of people to watch, I knew it had to be entertainment-based. They don't want entertainment. They want 20, 25, 30-minute fake wrestling matches, and that's not what I provided. I provided, provided entertainment, and because they didn't want entertainment, Uh, They just decided to make it personal. They decided to hate on me and they've literally decided to make it a thing for the
0: last, gosh, bro, 25, 30 years. Yeah, definitely. So speaking of like your time writing for the Attitude Era, what was some of your most fulfilling moments writing and what were some of your most fulfilling like creations and what were some wrestlers that you really enjoyed working with?
1: Man, I, I enjoyed working with so many guys. Uh, probably where I got to be as creative as as I possibly could be was probably working with Dustin on the Goldust character. I mean, that opened up the envelope to really, really, really be creative. Um, my favorite angle uh, storyline of all time was Rock joining the corporation because we were planting seeds like bro two, three months prior that Nobody picked up on, nobody put together. Uh, and when it came to fruition, I think it was really, really a, rel- a well-written
0: and a well-crafted start. Definitely. So when you left the WWE to go to WCW, how hard was that transition? Or was it an easy, you know, I'm going to stop what I'm doing here, go over there, have the same success?
1: Nah, it was very difficult, bro, because at the WWE, I was protected by Vince McMahon. Uh, Vince McMahon had my back because I was very, very successful for him. So Vince didn't let anybody screw with me. If you screw with me at the WWE, you screw with Vince. So not having to worry about the politics and the backstabbing, um, I was really, really, really able to concentrate 100% on my job. All I thought about and all I worried about was the writing on the show as soon as I walked into a WCW locker room, bro, it was completely different. I felt I had a, a a target on my back. There was a lot of politics, a lot of backstabbing, and I knew immediately, bro, it was a much, much, much different environment than it was at WWE. Hmm.
0: Now, looking back in hindsight, a lot of fans, they look at WCW and they say, where it went wrong was there was too much emphasis on past stars, there wasn't any time to make new stars and the stars that they had, like the really good wrestlers they had, they let leave because there was no room for them on that roster with the NWO, blah, 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 blah. So when you come into WCW, you take a whole different direction, you start the new blood, you have new wrestlers on TV, you're really pushing new stars. So if that's the case, why was it such a negative like why, why were people thinking of that time period where you were the booker of WCW as such a negative when it's basically what they were asking for the whole time?
1: Well, bro, the fact of the matter is because I'm a facts guy, man. I'm i I'm a numbers guy. I'm not an, I'm not a opinion guy. Uh, the facts of the matter is the first three months when Ed Ferrara and I were there before I I went home, bro, we took the ratings from a 2.5 to a 3.5 in the first three months. So I I don't care what anybody says and who didn't like it. The fact of the matter is you can go check those ratings. And there was a one point ratings increase in the first three months. So obviously, man, we were on the right track. We were, um, you know, we were we were tearing down what wasn't working um, prior to us getting there. We were building up our own foundation everything was going up to plan um we were we were right on target but you know bro like i said at the end of the day the political um environment um just just got to be too much so uh after a period of three months i just
0: literally went home and collected a paycheck so when people look back at your time in wcw a lot of people point fingers to bash at the beach jeff jerry versus hulk hogan Recently on Jeff Jarrett's podcast, My Way, he was saying how he believes it was Hulk Hogan's idea to lay have Jeff Jarrett lay down. There's so many stories that a lot of folklore is out there, so many false narratives of what happened that night. In your opinion, and your memory, what happened with it, Jeff it, Jarrett it, versus Hulk
1: Hogan? Jeff, Jeff is wrong. It was not Hulk's idea. It was 100% my idea. Man, bro, I'm going to try to make a long story short because there's a lot that went into this. But basically, Hulk Hogan agreed on a finish before we got to the building. When I got to the building and we were a couple of hours away from the show, um, I was informed by Eric that he wasn't gonna do the finish. Mm -hmm. So Hulk had this whole other plan where he was gonna become the WCW champion. And I really had to think on my feet and I had to think in a pinch. And what you saw on TV was the exact story that i laid out to uh, hulk hogan the exact story um i uh jeff did not know I, I, it was a work um i just told jeff that you know hogan refuses to do the job bro just go out there just lay down and let him pin you one two three i didn't tell jeff that hogan and i had discussed that it was not one percent uh, hulk hogan's idea that was 100 my my uh, my pitch to hulk because all i cared about bro was prior to that show we all agreed that booker was leaving the building as the champion and i was going to make sure that that happened um no matter what i had to do but what you saw on tv was exactly what was laid out to hulk hogan
0: now, something that you talk about a lot is writing a show to be reality based and you feel like you get the best stories when it's based out of reality of a time period where I feel like that was really prominent was in the TNA asylum years when oh, Hold on, in, hold on,
1: hold on. You just pulled a Vince Russo there. You said permanent Prominent Prominent, oh, you said bro, don't steal <laughs> my gimmick, bro. I'm the only Sorry, one man. good
0: could uh, mispronounce names. Go ahead, prominent, go ahead. Bro. Prominent, yeah, my bad. Okay. So yeah, it was very prominent in the TNA asylum years when you came in and you basically shook everything up. So. me what was the decision like to create a whole different reality and a whole different atmosphere for tna at that time bro that was the evolution of wrestling that that's
1: the direction that wrestling should have gone in bro more real more impro uh improvising that's the direction that wrestling should have gone in but people in the wrestling business, bro, they only know one way. And they have to be in control. And they get scared when they don't know where something is going. And that's, that's why we stopped doing it. Because, you know, it was Jeff's company and Jeff was in charge. And, you know, with us improvising, bro, you didn't know where it was going. That was the beauty of it. But, uh, you know, that was hard for Jeff to work within those parameters. So, we just went back to the wrestling that everybody knows, which is the same exact wrestling you're seeing today.
0: So, was there anybody on that roster or even backstage that really flourished and embraced that mentality? Oh, Mike Tanay, man. Mike
1: Tanay was phenomenal, man. If I could give anybody an Academy Award, it would be Mike Tanay. He was... He was great, bro. The unscripted, uh, un- see what I did? just did there? <laughs> the, uh, the unscripted uh,
0: dialogue between Mike and myself was some of the best things I ever did. Um, Something that a lot of people go back to at that time period was the in-ring, I guess, face-to-face with you and Roddy Piper. Can you take us back to that day and what do you remember about Roddy Piper coming in and, I guess, basically taking liberties?
1: yeah no bro i didn't know piper was in the building piper didn't know i was in the building um i was hearing him uh cut this promo you know bringing up owen hart and uh, i couldn't stand it anymore bro so i'm like you know what bro if they're not gonna kill his mic then i'm gonna go out there and stop him and that that's exactly what i did that was bro i keep belching because i just ate chinese food That was that was a 100% shoot, bro. That was Roddy didn't know I was there. I didn't know he was there, bro. But um, the stuff he was saying about Owen and and my my um, uh, involvement in that was totally totally uncalled for, and I was
0: not gonna. I was just not gonna take it anymore. Definitely. So, who are some wrestlers that you really enjoyed working with and writing for in your time in TNA? oh my god bro
1: so many of them man there was some mike sanders i love i love working with mike i love working with aj i love working with Sonny siaki uh so many people bro elix skipper i loved i love working with dilo it was a great crew bro it it was a great crew those early tna years were some of the uh some of my favorite years of my career some of the best years bro when we were building that company up but um they, they got so so many people i enjoyed working with uh uh, Trinity, I, I mean, uh, uh, desire, just so many people.
0: Um, were there anybody that was like a constant clash or bumping heads? Didn't want to take uh different direction? Uh, not
1: really, bro. Not, not back then. I mean, there was a good mix of veterans and, uh, young kids and not, not really, bro. I didn't, I really didn't have a problem with anybody. I forgot to mention, you know, guys like America's most wanted so many people, bro. And I,
0: you know, the truth, Um, I, I didn't have any issues with anybody. All right. So I know I heard you be very vocal lately about modern wrestling and how you feel like they need to be more reality-based. Is there anybody you think that would embrace that in today's like landscape? What what do you mean a, a talent? Yeah. Like a talent who, for example, say hypothetically, you go back into wrestling, you're offered a job with WWE and you want to bring more reality to the WWE product. Is there anybody, one you would love to work with in the, I mean, bro, of-
1: I'd love to, I'd love to work with a lot of people. Um, I, I don't know who would embrace it or not because I don't know a lot of those guys, you know I mean? I I've never worked with a lot of those guys, but yeah, bro, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, I'm a big fan of Drew. I'm a big fan of Bray. I'm a big fan of, um, uh, Roman, obviously, um, Elias. I mean, there's a lot of talent there that are unutilized. Uh, that I I would have loved to work. I don't, you know, bro. I don't want to go back, so yeah. I, I'm I'm not going to say I would love to work with them now, yeah. uh, because I know that's not a possibility. Uh, I would have loved to have worked with them, though, bro. There's there's a lot of great talent. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Charlotte, uh, even Marie. I'm a fan of. There's a lot of really good talent there.
0: What do you think the WWE has to do right now to turn their ratings around? And is there anything, do you think that they could do to take it at least closer back to that level that they were a couple years ago?
1: Two two things, man, you know, and again, we, we did it before, uh, you know, stop being so stupid and childish and cartoony and corny and get back to reality bro get back to some realistic storylines some serious storylines get back to some drama get back to good comedy not stupid comedy the the it, it, it needs more of a realistic serious approach bro and there is such bad comedy on that show week after week after week. And that's why, bro, that's why the main street audience has turned it
0: off. It's not entertaining to them. Do you see AEW as a competitor no, to the WWE? No, no. Do you think they could do anything that could, you know, take their... Not at all. Not at um, all. Is there anybody in the modern day wrestling That you think would start
1: wrestling's dead. It's dead. It's dead, bro. It's dead and it's going to continue to die because, bro, the world has passed by the wrestling business. That's the problem. The world has passed it by. Everything they're doing is so phony and so fake and so non believable and so stupid. Bro, I'll give you a perfect example. And this is where casual wrestling fans look at this and like, come on, bro. You know, they, it, it it's, they laugh at it, bro. I'm, I'm, you're, you're very, very young, but I'm sure that you remember the, um, uh, 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 Dr. David Schultz and John Stossel incident. Yeah. Okay. Re, you, you, happened, yeah. you, you remember how that went down. Right. Yeah. And that, that was a shoot. That was real. Well, bro, fast forward to a couple of weeks of AEW. We had that one guy cutting the promo. What was that dude's name that was running AEW down? Oh, a- uh, Dan Lambert from American Top TV. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's running down AEW. Okay, bro, here comes Lance Archer. Now keep in mind what happened with Stossel and 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 uh, uh, David Schultz. Keep in yeah. mind what happened there. Bro, what does, what does, uh uh what does, what what's his face do? Uh, uh, who was Archer. it? Who? It's Archer. Archer. And yeah. I'm a fan of Lance. I love that guy. N- nicest guy in the world. Yeah. Uh, what does Lance Archer do? bro he 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 picks up the guy he he sits him in the corner he puts him up bro that would never no now now when you're watching that now oh okay so these guys rehearse this all day long that's not how that would go down you know bro you always have to look at wrestling as this is how you have to look at it if this were real what would happen that's how you got to look at it, bro. in at that point in time, he's not going to hit his, hit the guy with his finishing move. He's going <laughs> to do exactly what David's going to punch him do. in the face. Yeah. He's going to smack him across the mouth and probably knock him out. That's what I'm talking about. A casual wrestling fan in 2021, bro, they look at that and they laugh. That would never happen.
0: I agree with you and I was very vocal about that when I was covering that show. So you you have like a very old school mentality when it comes to wrestling because there was a lot of like realism in wrestling back in the day. But I don't get is where is the disconnect with you and Jim Cornette if Jim Cornette preaches the same shit like he says that AEW's too like choreographed and too overbooked and he would want something more realistic. It's the same mentality. So where's the disconnect?
1: Uh, Jim Jim Cornette wants 1970s wrestling. And 1970s wrestling, bro, would not work in 2021. Bro, you need need three things in wrestling. Here's what you need. You need three things. You need characters, you need a storyline, and you need in-ring psychology. You need you need them to believe that the match is real and their stakes on the match and the match is important. None of that is going on today. None of it. There's no characters, there's no storyline, and you don't believe these matches for a second. So, bro, if you take away the three main principles of what professional wrestling was built on, you've you've got you've got something that's completely different. And is no longer professional wrestling. There are some things, bro. The foundation of wrestling should never change. You need that foundation, but you also need to bring it up to speed. And by how you do that, bro is through reality, realistic reality, like covering the Jimmy Uso arrest yeah making that a part of the angle making that a part of the storyline vince mcmahon and the mcmahon's are torn whether or not the guy should remain that that's the stuff they need to do that they totally totally ignore so no bro going back to 70s wrestling memphis would kill the business even more but you need the foundation
0: but you need to bring it more into 2021 So after your career, you know, after all your work in media, and even just you as a man, what do you want to be remembered for and who do you want to be remembered for?
1: I want to be remembered for being a great husband, a great dad, and a great son. That's how I want to be remembered, bro. I don't give one shit about how people remember me in wrestling. At the end of the day, bro, that was a job. All it was is a job, bro, and I got up every morning and I went to my job, no matter what my job was, and I did the absolute best I could. Whether whether you liked it or hated it, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is, you know, I I today can look in the mirror and say, you know what, bro, with everything I've ever done, I tried my best. I, I gave it, I gave it 100%, I gave it everything I had, I tried my best, and bro, that's all anybody can do who, who liked it, who hated it. Uh, who's a fan of mine, who thinks I'm a moron. None of that is important to me, bro. Because, um, like I said, man, I, I was always the best me. And that's the only thing that's important to me. Um, and I carry that work ethic to this day, bro. Like I said, uh, you know, in 2014 with Russo's brand.com, we started with one podcast. Now, bro, I have, you know, well over 20 podcasts. I, I, I employ about 15 different wrestlers. We just bought a, uh, a, an entire network. It, it's, it's the same process, bro. It doesn't matter that I was writing a show or producing a show. It's no different to me
0: than what I'm doing today. Sounds good, man. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. How can people reach you? Uh yeah, bro. There, there's two places they can really go. Go to
1: russo'sbrand.com. And also we got a we got multiple, multiple shows on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Thanks. I appreciate it, bro. No problem, man. Take care.